0: Welcome to episode 110, Holiday, Happiness, and Hope. I am your host, Damon Soka. We have now entered that time of year where, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, light gives way to darkness, warmth to cold, vibrant green to hibernation gray. We also now enter that time of year when mental illness begins its holiday dance. Holidays generally bring an energy and an air of excitement with them, We shed missed opportunities, failures, sometimes even our successes, and we attempt to bring out the best in ourselves again. Hope moves the habitual mountains, and we start to think that this year will be our year, or at least better. Well, at least some of us do. However, even with the holiest of hope brought about by the origin story of a savior, twinkling lights, trees decorated with memories, both new and old, gatherings of family and friends, mental illness can make that hibernation gray feel very real for those who suffer this is the season of chaos the season of why aren't you happy the season of if i can just get through this where the illness often seizes hold of the heart mind and body and takes what should be festive and fun down the dark road of masking and mayhem we tend to overbook ourselves this time of year and then run from party to party and place to place trying to keep everyone happy who wants our attention. Many people do love this break from routine and are reinvigorated by the associates, or associations even, parties, family, and simply just a break from the normal. For most, this break in time and daily grind is a time of refreshing and rebuilding. However, for those who suffer mental illness, a break of routine, social gatherings with unknown people, the chaos of running from one party to another, presents an entirely opposing feeling than that of refreshment. I personally spent most of my mental illness holidays in the past trying to hold it together in some type of outward-facing masking. Now, if you had asked me in the middle of the chaos, I would have told you that I enjoyed it. But ultimately, that was just the mask talking. Now, if you take a quick look online about the holidays and mental illness, you're going to find that almost two-thirds of individuals who suffer say that the holidays worsen their symptoms, and a quarter say that the holidays cause serious issues with their mental health. While there's no real study looking at the benefits to mental illness, I would say that I have never found anyone who has told me that they find the holidays a wonderful reprieve from their mental illness. For anyone who experiences anxiety, depression, bipolar at any level, the increased chaos, stress, and social anxiety of the season can make them feel as though they would like to experiment with hibernation at times it can feel good to get a little out of the rut a little bit out of the rhythm and run in a new path even with our illness but running out of the known path often creates stresses and anxieties of which we are not aware until it's too late suddenly it's january and parties presents people and the pastries all seem distant and far beyond the horizon behind us we have celebrated We have kept everyone happy masked our problems and with the exodus of the music and the festivities we are now thrust into a world where we have aggravated our illness run outside of our capacity and routines and now we've just got far too much time to think and when we think it's often about the past and i have a rule about the past the past is the past worrying about it never in the lifetime of humanity has ever brought anyone happiness or any value The past is only really good for two things and that is learning from it and a quick happy memory to bolster our present journey living in the past or worrying about it just destroys our future but that's not really my message about the holidays for many this year far too many a pandemic loss of freedoms loss of socialization whether that's school work or church in a country that simply wants to be angry for one reason or another has caused a serious increase in mental illness symptoms and the problems that come with it. Now, if you've listened to almost any podcast of mine, you know that I really don't like statistics for their nature to be cold and indifferent to the stories of the people. Every number in those statistics is a person with a serious problem that are often complex and take time and serious effort to resolve to even a manageable degree. Aggregated numbers and statistics really don't help when depression gets a little too dark and painful, anxiety causes the brain to run into overdrive and then paralyze our life, or the mania gets so out of control that reality is skewed. So as the holidays are in full swing, I think that a broader perspective and some hope is in order for those of us who find it difficult to see the light in Christ through the darkness of the season. Today, I'm going to add a more personal touch from my own past. A couple of poems that have gotten me through some of the more difficult seasons in my own life. The curse comes from a country music song, sung by Jason Michael Carroll and written by Zane Williams. It tells the story of a young woman who has left home for what she thought was greater horizons. Now, while all of the lyrics do not fit the ideal of heavenly parents waiting for a child to return or even the struggle of mental illness directly, I think that you will understand the intent of the messages from a more spiritual perspective. And the hopefulness of heavenly parents and what this time of year really means to me. Now, each of these poems I each of these poems I think of the dad or the father really as heavenly parents. Now bear with me, as these two poems tend to elicit some emotion out of me. And here we go. He's been sitting by the phone since she left, but it's time for work and he just can't be late. So he grabs his old guitar and he plays a couple bars on the machine, and then he softly sings. "'It doesn't matter what you've done. I still love you. "'It doesn't matter where you've been. You can still come home. "'And, honey, if it's you, we've got a lot of making up to do. "'And I can't hug you on the phone, so hurry home.'" Well, the message light was blinking when he got back, it was an old friend calling because he just heard the news, He said, Man, I hope you find her. If I see her, I'll remind her that her dad is worried and wanting her to know. It doesn't matter what you've done. I still love you. It doesn't matter where you've been. You can still come home. And, honey, if it's you, we've got a lot of making up to do. And I can't hug you on the phone. So hurry home. While the days dragged by without a word from her, And it really looked like she might not be coming back. People said, Man, don't you think it's time to take that old message off? He said, No, you never know when she might call. She was just outside a bar in New York City. Her so-called friends had left her all alone. She was scared he wouldn't want her. But she dialed up that old number and let it ring. And then she heard him sing, It doesn't matter what you've done. "'I still love you. "'It doesn't matter where you've been. "'You can still come home. "'And, honey, if it's you, "'we've got a lot of making up to do. "'And I can't hug you on the phone, "'so hurry home.' "'The last two lines are this. "'He walked in just in time to hear her say, "'Dad, I'm on my way.' "'The second poem is from D.H. Groberg, "'and I've carried this one with me "'since I was a young teenager.' Again, there's some emotion wrapped up in this one. And again, I'd like you to see the dad as heavenly parents and this boy, perhaps as yourself. Quit. Give up. You're beaten. They shout at me and plead. There's just too much against you now. This time, you can't succeed. And as I start to hang my head in front of failure's face, my downward fall is broken by the memory of a race. And hope refills my weakened will as I recall that scene for just the thought of that short race rejuvenates my being. A children's race, young boys, young men, I remember well. Excitement sure, but also fear. It wasn't hard to tell. They all lined up so full of hope, each thought to win that race. Or tie for first, or if not that, at least take second place. And fathers watched from off the side Each cheering for his son, each boy hoped to show his dad that he would be the one. The whistle blew, and off they sped, as if they were on fire. To win, to be the hero there, was each young boy's desire. And one boy in particular, his dad was in the crowd, was running near the lead, and thought, my dad will be so proud. But as he sped down the field across the shallow dip, the little boy, who thought to win, lost his step and slipped. Trying hard to catch himself, his arm, his arm flew out to brace, and mid the laughter of the crowd, he fell flat on his face. So down he fell, and with him, hope. He couldn't win it now. Embarrassed, sad, he'd only wished he'd disappear somehow. But as he fell, his dad stood up and showed his anxious face, to which the boy so clearly said, get up and win the race. He quickly rose, no damage done, behind a bit, that's all, and ran with all his mind and might to make up for the fall. So anxious to restore himself, to catch up, and to win, his mind went faster than his legs. He slipped and fell again. He wished he'd quit before with only one disgrace. I'm hopeless as a runner now. I shouldn't try to race. But in the laughing crowd he searched and found his father's face. That steady look that said again, Get up and win the race. So up he jumped to try again. Ten yards behind the last. I'm going to gain those yards, he thought. I got to run real fast. Exceeding everything he had, he regained eight or ten. But trying so hard to catch the lead, he slipped and fell again. Defeat. He lay there silently. A tear dropped from his eye. There's no sense in running anymore. Three strikes. I'm out. Why try? The will to rise had disappeared. All hope had fled away, so far behind, so error-prone, closer, all the way. I've lost. So what's the use, he thought. I'll live with my disgrace. But then he thought about his dad, who soon he'd have to face. Get up. An echo sounded low. Get up and take your place. You weren't meant for failure here. Get up and win the race. With borrowed will, get up, it said. You haven't lost at all. For winning is no more than this, to rise each time you fall. So up he rose to win once more, and with a new commit, He resolved that win or lose, at least he wouldn't quit. So far behind the others now, the most he'd ever been. Still, he gave it all he had and ran as though to win. Three times he'd fallen, stumbling, and three times he rose again. Too far behind to hope to win, he still ran to the end. Now they cheered the winning runner as he crossed the line first place. Head high and proud and happy. No falling, no disgrace. But when the fallen crossed the finish line last place, the crowd gave him the greater cheer for finishing the race. And even though he came in last with head bowed low and proud, you would have thought he'd won the race to listen to the crowd. And to his daddy said, he said, I didn't do so well. To me, you won, his father said. You rose each time you fell. And now when things seem dark and hard and difficult to face, the memory of a little boy helps me in my race. For all of life is like that race with ups and downs and all, and all you have to do to win is rise each time you fall. Quit. Give up. You're beaten. They shout in my face. But another voice within me says, get up and win that race. I warned you about the emotion, but with all my heart, I wish this time of year that you find the Lord in all these festive moments and with him, hope, healing, and happiness. Now, may you run your race and let the Lord take care of the winning. We'll talk to you next week.